This is Meet the Movie Press. It's December 6, 2019. How the fuck did we get here? On the show this week, Bond trailer, Black Widow, Mulan, everybody released a trailer, plus Mo Apes, and Holiday Horror, and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks. Meet the movie press. It is uh, Friday, uh, December 6th, 2019. It feels so weird being back after, like, just one week away. It does. Um, But we are back. Uh, for which I do genuinely apologise. Uh, and back is Scott Menzel, and Matt joins us for the first time. Uh, first of all, Scott, uh, for those who don't know who you are or where we can find your work, who are you and where can we find your work? Sure, you can find me over at WeLiveEntertainment.com. Also, uh, new name, new year, coming new name, soon. New year. Hollywood Critics Association. I know. Founder. Kind of snappy. No. I'm going to miss the old one. Yeah. And I'm yes. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. And I'm at here. Yeah. As Michael Jackson. Now we say. could just say HCA. HCA. Instead of L A O F C S. Yeah. Shit scrabble. Yeah. But it rolls but off fine. the tongue. What do you mean? It, it does. It does. <laughs> and talking of rolling off the tongue, uh, Matt. I don't know what that what was. What was that kind of yeah. thing? Uh, that Matt, was a weird transition. Welcome to the show for the first time. <laughs> thank you. It's, I don't know I if don't I should know. say thank you for that. I, but... I kind of. Okay. Think. I don't know. That wasn't Just my best keep, segue. keep moving. Just keep uh, moving. Matt, who are you and where can we find your work? <laughs> my name is Matt Donato. You can find me on the internet at Donato Bomb, Instagram, Letterboxd, Twitter, and writing just pretty much anywhere Collider uh, slash film. We got this covered, blah, blah, blah. And can I just say, if you love horror, you need to follow Matt. So I should say, yeah, Fangoria, Dread Central, Blade Disgusting. Those yes. are the big ones. Yeah, you, you know your shit. <laughs> I should Actually, say that. To be honest with you, that's one of the reasons I've got you on the show today is because I want to get your holiday horror recommendations later. I got so we're going to do your top five and a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, but first, we have to talk about what happened this week in, uh, in the movie news. Um, for a post-holiday week, everybody dropped a trailer. Um, which was great. Uh, let's first of all talk about uh, No Time to Die. Uh, James Bond back for the 25th adventure. Uh, hopes and fears uh, for that one. Um, I liked the trailer, but I didn't love the trailer. Um, first of all, Matt, on this, you obviously watched this this week. What was your initial reaction? I'm into it. I, I mean, okay. I'll be honest, like, Bond isn't my favorite franchise anyway, so okay. it takes a lot for me to really get, like, super stoked on a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. But I kind of am into the whole coming out of retirement uh, thing, especially the way uh, Spectre left off and whatnot. So sure. it's the fact that they're actually dealing with the messiness that was Spectre and going right into it full force. And yeah. he's vulnerable. You get the old love kind of fling coming back into it. And I don't know. I like that for my Bond. So if this is Daniel Craig's bow out, I hope it's everything that the trailer is kind of leading it up to be. So, uh, bearing in mind what you've seen from the trailer, is it kind of what you expected from Bond or what you wanted from Bond? Uh, nice, lush, kind of exotic locations. Yeah. Cars with guns. James Bond jumping off bridges. Yeah, it, it's kind of what I expected. So it's box ticking. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, uh-huh. a double Bond on that one. Bingo. Uh, Scott? Um, you know, I, I'm a very similar to his views on this. Uh, I think I was so blown away by Skyfall, mm. and then I saw Spectre. Which I and, did not like. Yeah, and I was just kind of like, womp womp. Yeah. And I didn't really have a huge level of expectations for this new one, mainly because of all the stuff we discussed over the past year, year and a half with this, is that it was delayed and all this issues with getting it off the ground and the mm. casting news. I just was kind of like, oh, I'm really kind of over this at this point. But the trailer worked for me. I was okay. I was very surprised by how 
engaged I was in the trailer. Mm. Um, I, I think it, it, it's very it's very interesting to see like all these new characters being introduced in a single trailer. Yeah, but it, it not feeling I don't know front loaded. It it actually feels natural. Yeah, that's that was what was strange for me about watching the trailer. It felt like more a, like a snapshot rather yeah. than a narrative. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it worked for me. And I loved, you know, even just the whole thing with Rami Malek's character in this. Yeah, the way he turns around and the, his voice. Like, I, I think he just really is going to be perfect for this role. Okay, let's talk about that because there were two villains in this. Yes, uh, we got Blofeld and we got Rami Malek's character, who we assume at this point is a villain. Yes, uh, a lot of people going. Oh, please, God, don't let it be like a, a relative of James Bond. Don't let it be Rami Malek is his cousin or like, you know, his brother or whatever. Too many villains spoil the broth? But we don't know how much Christoph Waltz right. is going to be in it. I mean, you're sure. saying that there's two villains in the film, but Christoph Waltz could be in one scene and his mm. whole, like, in the trailer, he has his Hannibal Lecter thing going on where he's just behind the bars and doing that whole Very thing. Lecter. So I don't know if I can even say there's two villains in the film as of yet. But if there are, I think Rami Malek is still going to take the center stage. I'm not sure they're going to mess with that. And also to your point about him being like a relative or something like that, they're not going to specter it again. I I don't think they can do that again anyway. So I think this is going to be full force into a new movie that is not specter and tries to do everything that critics didn't like about it. And fans, too. Sure, sure. Uh, Scott, your thoughts on that? No, I I agree. I don't think um, they're going to go that direction at all. Um, And and, and the funny thing is is that I think people were so underwhelmed by Christoph Waltz's character in Spectre Mm. that they they had to put him in this movie to kind of give him, I think, a proper like closing or passing or something. I don't know. Redemption. But yeah, yeah. And they need to give him something because I just remember that the scene where he's crawling at the end. I'm like, oh my god, it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking because he's too good of an actor and he's too good at playing a villain mm. to not have a really great ending of that story. Yeah. Now that would be a shame. Uh, people in the chat already talking about this. Uh, Scandal Gaming Superheroes Are My Life. Uh, nice snappy <laughs> name there. Uh, welcome to the chat. Uh, I wonder who's going to be Bond after Daniel Craig. We'll get to that in just a second. BlackRock316. Uh, good morning. Good morning, BlackRock316. Uh, Goldman Vision. Eh. Uh, are you having a stroke? I'm not quite sure. Um, uh, Xeno Hour, the trailer was 100 times better than Spectre, but it was 100 times better than the whole film of Spectre. Um, Venus Schnitzel uh, saying, Guten Tag, S and S is back, Scott and Simon, which is great. Uh, obviously, you guys are a really big part of the show in the chat. Uh, everybody who watches this show or listens um, are a huge part of this. That's why we are here in the first place. Blackrock316, enjoy the trailer. Please let this movie be good. Um, I echo that, <laughs> uh, Blackrock316, because I don't like watching Just movies shit. in general. Movies, yeah, like them yeah, generally. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, I yeah. never. Nobody goes in going like, "Well, I hope this sucks." <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about this. Um, uh, so, who do you think is going to be James Bond after Daniel Craig? Do you think it's going to be someone who is in this movie, or is it going to be a clean cut? And we're going to get someone afterwards. Let's talk about this, uh, Scott. First of all, on this, I do. I have a sneaking suspicion. That it might be one of the new ladies. Okay. So, um, Jacob Hall from Slash Film had a really good tweet about this. Mm. And it. I, I was thinking they were going to go to female route or something of that nature. Yeah. But then he pointed out that the whole point of James Bond is he's a, he's a male character. Right. And all his flaws that come with it, that is the character itself. So, if you're doing a James Bond film, 
the character's still going to be male. You can do, in the world of Bond, a female character. I mean, we have um, Lashana Lynch here mm. doing that yeah. in uh, No Time to Die. So we already have the female double O agent, and I love that about the trailer, too. I love having Lashana Lynch there, and she's doing the whole thing with Daniel Craig where she's the young gun and, you know, yeah. you're the old man. It's great chemistry. But if we're talking about Bond, it's going to be another male Bond because that is tied to the character. You can't get away from James Bond and his, like, all the masculine tropes that come along mm. with it. It's there. It's not going to be unavoidable. So I think we're going with a cutoff on that. And I do agree with you, but I think also if you go with the double O logic... The, right, but it's not James Bond then. It, then it, it's, then not, it's a it's different agent, Bond. and you can it become that, something and that's else. Fine. So, and it in, it's interesting that um, the motif again with this movie is very much a uh, 007 and the title of the movie, and not James Bond. But I also think, I mean, <clears throat> this we're starting to see this transition now. Mm. Doctor Who. Let's talk about Doctor Who. Yep. Yeah, you know, long history there. Mm. What going back like 60, 70 years? Yeah, mm-hmm. switched over to Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, it's true. I but, mean, but, it's, it's yeah. possible. But also, it's... And, and it would be interesting. I know what you're talking about yeah. with the male f- flaws. Yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting in this day and age to actually change the roles and actually see a female's flaws, too? But you do realize that the world will explode. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, I know. It'll be I know, I know, I know yeah. 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 There will be people with pitchforks and oh, yeah. bits of things on fire. Of course. Walking through the streets, sc- screaming, burn the witch. If it's a woman, because God forbid a woman do something. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, people in the chat, uh, Wiener Schnitzel saying James Bond is a man. James Bond is a That is a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, so we're, we're stating facts. Uh, Your sources say that. Uh, that, is, that is correct. I can yeah. confirm. Yeah. Uh, uh, scandal gaming superheroes are my life. Uh, if this has to be, uh, has as much violence as Skyfall, I'm fine, lol. Um, and a good story, of course, lol. Uh, Skyfall. Uh, was a win-win for me. Yeah. Lol. Uh, Venus Schnitzel also saying, let Bond be Bond. Uh, not everything has to be a female version. Uh, just have a female character like Red Sparrow or Atomic Blonde, which people didn't turn out for. Yeah, um, not Red Sparrow. Is, no, exactly. Xenomama uh, saying, Lynch isn't going to be the new James Bond. No. I'm very sceptical. She'll be a 007 in future movies, to be honest. Uh, Scandal again saying, uh, we don't talk about Charles... Uh, Charlie's Angels, uh, the show was perfect, movies not so much. Do you know what? Charlie's Angels, the first two movies, I really enjoyed. This most recent one, I know, not so much. But I know, Scott, you did I enjoy did. that movie. I did, I did. We talked about it like two weeks ago. But it's but good yeah. that we disagree. I, uh, but it's yeah, good that we disagree I, I just, you know, it is funny, because I actually think the new version mm. is even better than the TV show. Ooh. Okay. To take. Yeah, I know. To take. I mean, <laughs> that exists. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's yeah, an opinion. Right, right, it's, right. it's an opinion, yeah. which is great. Well, yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on from uh, from No Time to Die uh, <laughs> and go on to Wow, uh, Black Widow, um, which was a God forbid, a woman, a woman superhero. Uh, the, the trailer came out this week. Uh, I'll be honest with you; it's a movie that I was not looking forward to. Black Widow is one of my is one of the characters within the the MCU that I think has been not necessarily just has been a pointless character, but has been massively underwritten. Mm-hmm. And I was not excited about this movie at all. But the trailer this week genuinely got me excited about this movie. It's a complete U-turn, and I'm more than happy to admit that. Uh, first of all, Matt, your thoughts on this trailer this week? I 
same camp as you. I okay. kind of went into it going, all right, you've been talking about this Black uh, Widow movie for so long <laughs> yeah. and kind of not acting on it. And we got Captain Marvel first. We That was the first MCU female-led film. Yeah. But I watched this, and I'm getting Winter Soldier vibes. It gets back to the spy thriller aspect, which Winter Soldier is one of my favorite MCU movies. So yeah. that already hooks it's me a great on that movie. one. And then you get to see like David Harbour as Red Guardian and all these other little tidbits that are thrown into mm. the trailer alone. I'm very into this movie right now because I agree. Uh, Natasha has not gotten the roles that she, you know, she should have in the Avengers and things of this nature. She's always relegated to it, kind of the romantic arc in some points, depending who it is. But this is her story. She gets to throw down with Florence Pugh and like, I, I'm into it. I'm very into it. I mean, to be honest with you, we should have our own spin-off, the Puniverse. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Because, to be honest with you, right now, she is absolutely smashing every single thing that she touches. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on this, Scott? Uh, this trailer is actually the exact same one that they premiered at D23. Okay, cool. I was uh, not there for that. Yeah. So, so um, you know, rewatching it, I was kind of like, oh, I've seen this already. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Yawn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. I think we're all uh, on this panel in agreement that I think Scarlett Johansson's character, Black Widow, uh, has been very underutilized mm. in MCU. This talk about this has been out longer than even Captain Marvel. Yep. And I just never thought the day would come. That being said, I'm actually, it's weird because I'm still not really excited for the Black Widow element of this story. Okay. I'm more you know, talking about Florence and David Harbour. Like, those are people, like, when they come into the trailer, mm. it elevates the trailer. And I'm kind of like, oh, so these guys are going to steal this movie away from her, based on what it seems like. Yeah. But for me, it's redemption from Red Sparrow. <laughs> Red Sparrow was so bad. Like, oh, so my God. Like, Red Sparrow, oh God. I walked out of just enraged almost. Oh, so I'm God. very happy that we're getting a film of very yeah. much the same structure, yeah. but with this MCU universe. And yeah. I get what you're saying about like the whole Black Widow arc, too, and there's a whole Black Widow assembly line somewhere, and there's a bunch of them, <laughs> and I get that. But you also get Rachel Wise playing like one of the old Black Widows. So I I'm... I Again, I, I get what you're saying, though, where, like, the supporting cast keeps coming in, because now that you said that, yeah. that is the trailer for me. Like, David yeah. Harbour kicks the door, and I'm like, that's awesome. Rachel Wise, I'm like, great. And I'm like, all right, Scarlet's in this, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> so do you think, obviously, you know, Black Widow being horribly underserved in the previous movies, that we're going to see, uh, this is wildly speculative, but moving forward, when we see the next phases of Marvel, we're going to see different Black Widows in that timeline. So I mean, we could see uh, an Avengers movie with a Rachel Weisz, or we could see it with a Florence Pugh, or we could see it with a uh, with a Scarlet again, and that kind of broadens. And, and again, David David Harbour coming in, and you know, being these characters within that next phase of the universe. I think Florence definitely. Okay. I think she. I mean, there there's a reason why they put someone that you know young and up and coming yeah. into this movie. Sure. Um, so that I hundred percent agree. I don't know with Rachel Weisz because she always kind of does like singular projects, I feel like, where she might sure. just be up here in this and then be done and maybe do a pop-up here and there. But I don't foresee her. David Harbour, uh, I don't know. He's kind of like, he, he's got the Stranger Things going for him right now, but, you know, we know what happened at the end of the last one. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 he's kind of up in the air for me. Also, those are the old guard. I mean, you're talking yeah, about yeah, Rachel right, Wise right. And, and Red Guardian. Like, David Harbour's thing in the trailer is he comes out like, the suit doesn't fit as well yeah. because he hasn't worn it in a long time. Yeah. And this is a prequel, so this is right after Civil mm -hmm. War, but before Endgame. So it's right when uh, Scarlett Johansson's character is obviously on the run because sure. she's now taken sides with the wrong side or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but to me, 
Of it's got to be Florence because we're not yeah. getting Scarlet yeah. in the future. She's yeah. done. She is her end game is still where it is. Yeah, and they're gonna go the young round. That's Florence. You wouldn't yeah. put her as you just said. Like you wouldn't put her in there if you weren't gonna go with her. Well, uh, long reign the uh, the MC Pew. Uh, people That's in the so chat new. here, uh, Sky Patterson saying, uh, I really like the uh, the Bond trailer. Uh, it looks like a solid action spy thriller. That's classic, elegant, and dangerous. Uh, people say the same thing about me. Uh, Glamoury, <laughs> uh, can't say that Charlie's Angels movies were better than TV show if you only watched a few episodes. Hmm. Okay, well, the TV show wasn't actually that great. Uh, uh, Jenna James, a uh, trailer gives me hope for Widow, not a full U-turn uh, like you, but pretty darn close. Uh, Goldman Vision saying, uh, talking about Bond, let's move on from that. Uh, and uh, Goldman Vision saying, uh, I simply don't care about the MCU anymore. Hate to say it, but Endgame was my Endgame. Uh, oh. Senior Nerd saying, if Henry Cavill is indeed done with Superman, <laughs> or rather WB uh, is done with Henry Cavill as Superman, then Cavill is the ob- obvious successor to Daniel Craig. No. Uh, oh, no. no. Henry, Henry no. Cavill no. is not, no. not going to be the next James Bond. No. Uh, there is more chance of a woman um, being yeah. James Bond than Henry Cavill. Yes. Um, the, 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 the boat for Henry Cavill being Bond has long sailed in the same way that Idris Elba being Bond, yeah. that boat has long Although sailed. I wanted to see that so bad. Yeah. I know, oh, right? Oh, man, I wanted to that see that. That would have been so good. Would have been so good, but here we are. Welcome to 2019. <laughs> uh, let's talk about another trailer before we get into anything else. Uh, Mulan trailer uh, dropped yesterday. Um, a lot of people are kind of feeling fatigue with these Disney live-action remakes, mm, yep. uh, including audiences. Uh, they appear to be getting less interested in certainly some of them. Um, I'm color me intrigued with this one. Um, it's a movie I did not really like Mulan as an animated movie. It was fine, but it was not even in my top ten. Um, but this, I genuinely am... I'm very intrigued by it. Uh, first of all, Matt, on this. I mean, I'm really into it because, okay. number right. one, li- like you just said, audiences have fatigue for these live-action Disney remakes sure. because they keep doing the shot-for-shot remake. And yeah. they keep just going, oh, you've seen the animated movie? Well, here's new technology that makes it prettier, quote-unquote, which some people don't even agree with. Yeah. But Mulan comes out here. Number one, it's doing its own thing. It mm-hmm. feels fresh. It has a cast that is like, Donnie Yen, Jet Li going right down the line. It's a film that, not to say that any other filmmaker that's made one of these Disney remakes hasn't cared about what they've been doing, but Mulan looks like it gives a shit about making a movie that it wants to make. It's not going to be another live-action Mulan remake. It's going to be a movie. Yeah, exactly. Like a historical, um, honestly, like a historical like martial arts kind of period epic. I, I got that feel from it, so I'm very excited for it. Plus, there's like witches and stuff like that, and I'm very into that fantastical element, but without having... Mushu the Talking Dragon. It's still playing in a world that is... I don't know. I think it did a lot of things right. For me, it gave me kind of a lot of vibes. A very different movie, but it kind of like Big Trouble in Little China. You know, sort of the mysticism and the action and stuff like that. It kind of had that vibe for me. Uh, Scott, your thoughts on this? I mean, I would say it has more of a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon vibe. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's interesting because when the first teaser dropped for this... Um, I was super, super pumped. And then, uh, again, going back to D23, Mm. um, they showed, like, this extended scene from the movie. Right. And then they showed, I think they re-edited this trailer. It's not the exact same trailer. 
And I the clip looked like embarrassingly bad. Like I remember like everyone like watching the clip and it was just kinda like, ooh, that kinda looks kinda awkward. It doesn't right. look really well. But again, it's a scene out of context. Sure. Which is the problem when you show a scene like that. And it wasn't one where it showed action. It was more of like a talkie scene. So mm-hmm. like there was a lot of talking going on. And then they showed the trailer and I was kinda like, Okay, that looked a little bit better. Um I I appreciate the way that they're approaching this. Mm. Because um, I think after Beauty and the Beast, I think after Lion King, yeah. uh, you need to kind of... you got two things going for this movie. Is that you're, you are remaking a, a classic animated film that are, is not as beloved as so many other ones, yeah. but means a lot to a certain culture. Okay. The other thing is, is that this is going to be your first... Uh, attempt of doing a live action movie that mm. is also going to play homage to a culture. Sure. So it is very important to do that right, and I think to take out like the the animated characters, like we were talking about the dragon and stuff like that. I think that's very very wise on Disney's part. Um, it's an independent filmmaker who's doing this. I'm I'm yeah. you know that has worked and has not worked mm. in the past. So I'm still like not a hundred percent sold on this. But it does look uh, promising. So where is the benchmark for the Disney remakes? Because, I mean, it kind of differs with everybody. For me, I think Beauty and the Beast, I really enjoyed. That, for me, is something that, that is up there. But I also like Pete's Dragon. See, oh Pete's Dragon God. is great. Nobody Pete's went to see Pete's Dragon is amazing. Yeah, I cried like yeah. 17 times. <laughs> like, literally 17. Right? Yeah, no, that destroyed me. But, like, I nobody love... saw that movie, and I'm like, oh, fuck. But what? it's also the original one wasn't even that popular. I hated the it's... original. I hated the original. I literally, as a child, I walked out of that movie. I was just like, I just... <laughs> it's the toddler walking out of the theater. Skitty, Disney! Literally, if I had an empty bag of fucks as a yeah, kid, yeah. I couldn't have given less of them. Yeah. I just, I hated that movie. And I tried to watch it again, you know, as, as an adult, and it just did not do anything for me. But the remake I really loved. Oh, yeah. So what is the benchmate, uh, benchmark, Matt? I mean, for me, I really love The Jungle Book. Uh, maybe that's nostalgia for me because also growing up, that mm. was one of my favorites as well. But it didn't play the same for Lion King. Like, my two Disney movies mm. growing up, always in the VCR, were Jungle Book and uh, Lion King. Right. Jungle Book, to me, is one of my favorites so far. Uh, Lion King is kind of, okay, it's a movie. Yeah. But also, like, forget that Cinderella kind of started this whole thing a little before The Jungle Book 2. Mm. We keep forgetting that because everyone kind of looks at Jungle Book as the first time we started doing these, you know, the first Mm. attempt at these live-action remakes. Yeah. Cinderella wasn't that bad. Cinderella was actually pretty good. Cinderella was good. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, again, like you're saying, it's that it's... A lot of people forget about that one. Yeah. So, what does it say about the movie itself? It's kind of it's kind Very of forgettable. Um, you know, Jungle Book is, is is to me what made Lion King so bad because mm. you like you look at Jungle Book and you're saying, "Wow!" At the time, the visuals you incorporate a human character into that, and you you, you blurred yep. those those worlds perfectly. Yeah, and it, it was revolutionary at the time, kind of like Avatar was. And then when you see Lion King, you're just kind of like, oh, my God, this is so lazy and repetitive. And, like, why are we needing this? And, yeah. and I think what's really interesting is certainly going into awards season. I mean, obviously, you know, Scott, you know this, and I know yeah. this, being a member of various guilds, is the fact that Lion King is not being pushed by Disney. Like, I, mean, I thought it was going to win visuals. It's well, not going to do anything. No, we received screeners <laughs> for this. Yeah. And it's like... 
hey, we released this. Yeah. The whimper. You want to yeah. see a movie about lions <laughs> who are kings? Also got Avengers. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Aladdin. I mean, literally, I mean, my screener for Aladdin couldn't have been more apologetic. Yeah. It was literally, it was like, want a coaster? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And it's like, two popes, you receive slippers. Marriage story, you receive no, blankets, no, books, no, 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 and all no. this stuff. But then it's like, hey, remember Aladdin? Yeah, yeah. But you Disney can... doesn't have to. That's the yes, thing. Right, yeah, Disney did all their talking and, and with their box need, office. And what do they need that for? In yeah. all fairness, at the end of the day, Disney is like one of the few studios that doesn't need awards nope. because they, they they already have the award that matters. But exactly. also, but also do, you rem- do you remember the fanfare when that lineup came out? Oh, my God, It yeah. was like almost like the, the fucking parting of the Red Sea. <laughs> and it was like, coming through, look at this amazing cast. And it's like, hey, remember that movie about lions? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just like... Uh, well, I mean, Disney's going to own Ellen the entire J- industry in like a matter of years oh, anyway. Yeah. So, like, they'll win every award because they just or have Apple. to. I don't know. Or, yeah. or, or yeah. Apple. I don't know. Apple versus Disney it's, it's, in the Oscars. It's, it's literally oh, like, God, it, can you it's, imagine? It's Apple, Netflix, and and Disney right now. They're like, who can we throw the most money at? We're going to keep throwing. I mean, it'll be like one of those hobo fights. Yeah, yeah. You know, that used to be really popular in the 90s. I say popular, what? I mean horrendously <laughs> offensive. In, I was going to say, like, in your apartment? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, it was, to be honest with you, it was a very lucrative sideline. <laughs> it paid more than journalism. Oh. Uh, okay, Sky Patterson, uh, Simon saying, I, I also must say Mulan production budget uh, being $350 million uh, means $1 billion, $2 billion needs yeah. to happen, at least $980 million, because uh, otherwise, where's that money going? I mean, to be honest with you, good point. I mean, these movies have to make their money back. Uh, Mulan has been my favourite, uh, then Tarzan from Zafira, uh, Scandal Gaming saying, uh, finally, Black Adam is happening. Uh, I love the rock. Great. Um, yeah, I <laughs> mean, there's, comment. there's more chance of me growing hair again than, than that. Uh, Scandal Gaming, uh, Superhero Nights, uh, in celebration of Paramount getting Sonic right, uh, I bought the Sonic Racing game. Uh, great. Uh, <laughs> what? No, no idea. No, that that is no justification. Don't buy games on what Paramount <laughs> is doing, uh, taking the teeth out of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Zafira, wait, what? Hobo fights? Google it. Uh, okay, let's no, move don't, on. Don't to, Google no, that. Don't, don't Actually, Google don't. It. No. No, unless you're in work and then Google it on someone oh, else's right. computer, yes. the person that you don't like in the office. Yeah. Um, and then also Google tits. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's talk about, uh, before we get to, to Matt's uh, festive uh, horror choices, let's talk about New Planet of the Apes movie uh, announced this week. It's going to be in the works. But will it be a reboot or a continuation? Uh I am a big fan of the original Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, I was also a huge fan of Matt's Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, uh, not you, Matt. Um, just saying. So, mine I mean, sucks. Yeah, mine no, weren't really were, that good. Yours yeah, were no, terrible. Yeah. You and Tim Burton. Uh, fucked up the apes. We haven't uh, talked since. I know. I know. I've got a really good idea, Tim. Um, I, 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 should it be a reboot or should it be a continuation of the Apes timeline? Because the, the timeline was obviously moving towards the original Planet of the Apes movies. And to me, it seems like to interrupt that timeline would make the three movies kind of How about no? Pointless. How about neither? Okay. Yeah. Like, how about you made an incredible three-part series that no one, when they first announced it, thought it was going to be... Anywhere near as good as it turned out. Okay. Where the movies have gotten progressively better and better as they went on. Yep. Why don't you give it like a 10 to 15 year break? 
and then revisit it. Because that's not how franchise uh, yeah, money yeah, yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. What? No. Yeah. And, well, it's also, again, going back to your, your conversation about Disney, it's like they're like looking at this and they're like, what's the only franchise that really made a ton of money? Yeah. And they're like, oh, let's do this. And it's like, I just, I hate when they fuck with perfection. Like, it, it just bothers me. It's like, yeah. I, you're like, you're not going to top this. Like, it was like, everyone was surprised by how good the movies were. Well, I yeah. don't think Disney has the balls to top what Matt Reeves did. Because no. we have to think that that was Fox. Yeah. Now we're in the Disney right. market. These are two different studios who approach projects from very different mindsets. I mean, I think we're going to get a safer Planet of the Apes. Mm. I think we're going to get something that goes back towards... Not to bring up Burton's kind of vision, but something more fantastical like that. Space streams. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get the Disney-fied version. That's what we're getting here. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to be Matt Reeves' that story is done. That had a lot of action and violence in it and stuff of that yep. nature, darker themes. We're going to get the more cartoony and safely played Planet of the Apes here. That's what we're getting. National Lampoon's Chimp Vacation. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I genuinely, I like I like my apes movies dark. Yes. And for me, even with the originals, when they started to get slightly comedic, mm-hmm. it was like, I don't know. that. I mean, certainly coming from the UK, we used to have a thing, PG Tips, and they used to have, like, chimps having a tea party and, like, pushing pianos upstairs and stuff like that. And it started to feel a little bit like that. It's like, full of monkeys. Um, and I just don't want that. I want the dark, really kind of cerebral apes. I want that society. Uh, not that I'm suggesting that apes take not over in the real world. Life. Yeah, yeah, not in real here. life, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no. that would be terrible. Yeah. I mean, would it? I don't know. Um, might do better than nuke us all. Oh, no, no, just nuke it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just I don't know whether it needs, whether we need a complete reboot right now. I, just I don't, a slightly different. But the thing is, it's not asking whether we need it or not because we don't need <laughs> yeah, we, half of the we reboots right, we get right, right, right now. Right, I mean, right, it, right. this is the culture we're in, so we're going to keep getting properties that have nostalgia value yeah. being reappropriated. I mean, that's just where we are. So, again, not that we need it, but we especially don't need this one. I agree because apes just happen. We just got Matt Reeves's. Okay, hot take with the Disney obviously now owning Fox and this being a Fox uh-huh. property originally. Should they have looked at this as doing it as an Apes TV series and serialized it rather than a big screen uh, big screen reboot? No. No. I don't think no. so. One monkey no. a week? No. Are you saying like a Disney Plus thing or like Yeah, like a Disney Plus or as a, as a network thing, maybe I, not going to be I have to talk about this. The Monkalorian? Nobody is talking about anything on Disney Plus besides Mandalorian. Yeah. There is nothing else being mentioned mm. like i mean twitter facebook hashtag baby yoda that's it it's yep. baby yoda mandalorian yep. that's it and it's like you look at this content that they have and i know they have a lot of like the the library which everyone was talking about which is yep. great but it's like i turn that thing on because i'm not into the mandalorian thing i know controversial fine. um is that because you you have a life <laughs> I just, but I turned it on for the first time over the weekend. Okay. The Disney Plus, and I started scrolling through. And I said, yeah, like, oh, okay, all these classics are on here. And I, I watched that Noel movie, and I'm like, eh, mm. it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't turn it back on for this entire week. And it's like, it, it, to me, it, they need more content that can really sell it. Yeah. But doing something like Planet of the Apes. Again, I think that that's something that belongs on the big screen. Yeah, it's something that be- belongs. I also don't have Disney Plus yet. I yeah. didn't even get it I for, for that exact reason. Yeah. I mean, and 
sure, will I get to the Mandalorian eventually? Sure. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, like, because I'm a film critic majorly, so it's like Disney hasn't thrown anything my way in that world. Like, I, I can't go just on TV alone. Sure. Like, right. that's my thing. Sure. I have time for movies, and I barely have time for the movies that come out. So, yeah, yeah Disney hasn't really pulled me in yet. Yeah. No, it's, it's exactly the same. I mean, I've watched Mandalorian, and I'm enjoying Mandalorian, but I'm probably enjoying what I see online more than I'm enjoying the show. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, and apparently this last episode is not very good. That's what I heard so far. It's, it's fucking Star Wars. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I that's mean, how I feel. You know, as much as I enjoy Star Wars, I'm like, Fucking Star Wars. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on from. Uh, is it from, a western though? Is it a is it a western? Is Don't, it a samurai? All caps. All yeah. caps. Western. Yeah, it's yeah. like hashtag samurai. But also, do you know what? I've, I've got bigger things to worry about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me I've too. Got, you know. Uh, okay. So uh, let's take a break from uh, the week's news. Uh, <laughs> one of the reasons I've got Matt here today, uh, uh, making his debut on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having uh, me. for being here. It's great to have Appreciate you. It. Uh, just let everyone know uh, what your your Twitter handle is, by the way. At Donatabomb. D o n a t o b o m b. Okay. And one thing that you're really well known for is your love of horror this and your horror knowledge, yes. uh, which is uh, amazing. Um, so I wanted to get obviously heading into the uh, the Hollywood season. We had Thanksgiving <laughs> last week. Uh, gobble gobble, uh, and obviously we have uh, Christmas uh, and Hanukkah uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. So uh, I want to get your holiday horror recommendations. Also tying in with the fact that uh, Black Friday is in uh, movie oh, theaters. Uh, look at that next Friday. Uh, so I thought this would be a great time to have a little look at uh, Black Friday. Your- Black, Black Christmas, you mean? Black, Black Christmas? Christmas? Yeah. Black Christmas. Black Friday was last Friday. Yeah, 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 no, no. Black Friday is the one with Ice Cube. <laughs> that, that would have been a better better horror movie. Okay. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh. You, can't, you can't I didn't say, say anything. You didn't, I didn't say anything. It wasn't. I was talking about Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. I was talking about Black Friday. Any, yeah. Black Friday was the deals on Black yeah. Friday. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. All sold out. Right. Not the Just keep talking to forget what just happened. Nothing happened. We're good. We're good. It is a terrible movie, which I'm seeing next Wednesday, by the way. Um, Maybe not now. Um, okay, so Matt, first of all, your recommendations for uh, horror holiday movies. Uh, give me your top five, first of all, then we'll do honorable mentions. Yeah, my top five is a little basic, and I, I, I mean, it's hard to get away Nothing from the classics basic. Uh, for me. Just to let everyone know, I have a list of 125 Christmas horror movies. Which is why I, I said five. I've ranked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 125. Yeah, we're talking, like, bottom of the barrel, wow. stuff like that. Wow. So just know that there might be, like, 35 good ones in that whole list. Mm-hmm. So the good stuff is hard to pick from, but... My top five is pretty basic. I mean, number one, you have Gremlins. For me, that's just five out of five movie. It's, like, adorable and funny <laughs> and ambling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to let you keep going on that. By the way, if you come to um, the uh, You're Gonna Need a Bigger Boat uh, quiz, uh, which is going to be in Los Angeles on the 21st of December, uh, it's the review of 2019, uh, I am going to have a soundtrack of, of festive uh, songs as well as uh, soundtrack uh, things from 2019. So that will be on there, but carry on, Gremlins. Gremlins number one. Number two is the OG Black Christmas. I mean, that's just the slasher. It's funny because everyone says it's the first slasher, but what's hilarious is that none of the other slashers after that really followed that formula. Yeah. So I like it for that. It's so tense, and it's so just dreadful without being, you know, what slashers became or what the remake became. Not not this remake, but the, 20, the, uh, the 2006 one, was, one. Yeah. Yeah, the one that was like, hey, we're going to give Billy Jaundice and all of us, let's just care about kills. Like, yeah, no, yeah. no, get out of here. Number three is Inside, which is just brutal. Julie, uh, Bustillo and Mary, it is basically, you've never heard, seen Inside? I've no. never heard no. of this movie. So basically, the long and short of it is a pregnant woman 
is in her home around mm-hmm. Christmas, and someone comes in and tries to steal her baby, another deranged woman. And that's the whole film, is these two women in the house, one fighting for her life, the other one trying to steal her baby. Out oh. of her. Like, out of her. Like, out of Like, out. out of her. Wow. It is viciously gory. It is disgusting. And So where can we see this? Inside, you're going to have to find, like, you're going to rent it on VOD. Okay. But fine. you can find it on, uh, I think it might be on, like, Tubi and stuff like that. Okay. Just look inside. Again, it came out, I, I want to say, like, 2000, yeah, 2007. Uh, oh, so it's like a recent movie. It's not like yeah, a 1970s no. movie. No, no, not at all. It's it's recent. Um, again, Busteo and Mary have done a few things since then. They did the Leatherface Texas Chainsaw movie, right. which wasn't great, but this was the first film they did, and it's such a uh, just stark debut. It's just crazy. It's, wow. So go for Inside, number three. Number four, Nightmare Before Christmas. Don't really have to explain that any more than I have to do. And number five, I'm really into Krampus. I know it didn't get the biggest critical reception, but I think for what Michael Doherty did uh, for Halloween with Trick or Treat, he does again for Christmas with Krampus. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It does the greed, the consumerism, and it really is a satire of everything the holidays have become in the eyes of the general public, while still being a pretty creature-forward film that has some... The the Jack in the Box, the uh, the Ninja bread people yeah. I'll call them so that's my top five just straight out okay well they actually did a maze at Halloween Horror Nights yes they did uh, about yep. two years ago which was Krampus and they had the Ninja Bread Man and they had the mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the, the the big uh, sort of snowman and stuff like that yep. a number of things that you mentioned there uh, from that movie it's seriously that is the, that is the first movie when I relocated here from the UK that I went to see in movie theatres I was on my own like, nobody else was in the movie theatre, and I was genuinely, at the end of it, pissed because nobody else was there watching that movie. It's a great movie. Uh, uh, three honourable mentions for you. My honourable mentions, I'm going to try to get a little more out there with my recommendations, okay. so we're going to have a little fun with it. Number one, I mean, and the Apocalypse, I know a lot of people are talking about. Love it. Exactly. But not enough people are still talking about it. <laughs> it's on Hulu right now. It, exactly. It yeah. just hit Hulu and Amazon Prime this December, so right. it's the perfect time for it to actually get its resurgence and get what it deserves. Mm-hmm. So, and the Apocalypse and a Scottish zombie horror comedy musical. Fuck, another one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh but God, I'm sick of these movies. It is <laughs> such a beautiful coming-of-age story, though, and it yeah. plays with the tropes so well of a female survivor girl and all these things. Plus, the songs are just so catchy. They're yeah. so pop-friendly, and I, I've watched it, like, three times since it hit Hulu, like, what, like, two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks yeah. ago. And you have the soundtrack. Of course I do. You I, have, I, have, I, have, I do, yes. too. Yeah, the vinyl of it. I have all uh, everything so you can have. Also, I have the poster with my quote on it. Because that's, <laughs> really? Because I have an ego, and every poster I get quoted on, I put in my apartment. <laughs> so that is <laughs> amazing. Um, number two, just hit Shudder, called Deadly Games. Came out in the 80s. Okay. It is Home Alone meets Rambo, except it's a small child versus a psycho Santa that breaks into his house. And what it is is basically a game of hide-and-seek. The Santa has some problems, and he's a little underdeveloped, let's say. And so he just wants to play hide-and-seek with this kid. But it gets violent. It gets dangerous. Also, the kid is a toy mogul's son. So he has all these, like, contraptions. And he's also a genius, and he can build traps and things like that. So, again came out in the 80s. <laughs> I'm saying it's... I'm comparing it to Home Alone, but the fun part is it came out before Home Alone. It just never got released stateside. So Shudder found it after it played Fantastic Fest in 2017. There was, right. There was a rep screening there, and that's where I saw it for the first time. So where's it from? It's from France. It's a French film. Okay. Yep. So French, uh, 1989, 
does nothing, goes nowhere, outdated technology, and it's 2019, and it's finally getting its stateside debut, wow. and it's on Shutter. So you'll have to have a Shutter subscription for it. But if you're a horror fan, you already have it because you need to have a Shutter subscription. Yeah, it's, it costs no, like, no yeah, money, like five bucks a month, basically. Yeah. So that's my number two honorable, and number three, I'm going to go with. I'm looking at my list and like, what what do I want to recommend? But I'm going to go with a movie called The Day of the Beast, uh, Alex de la Iglesia, right? And it's this Christmas. It, it, I want to call it a black comedy, and it involves Satanism, and it involves religious aspects, and it's basically like a metalhead, a priest, and a down-on-his-luck, uh, I don't even know what to call it, just like Christmas kind of scoundrel, all have to team up and stop the apocalypse, and it's all based around Christmas and things of this nature. Yes, find the Day of the Beast. Those are superb recommendations. Yes, they are. Very good. I'm, Seriously, I've got, there like, are so many movies so that many I've never more. heard about. Yeah. That's incredible. And if you want some quick streaming recommendations, I, I won't take very long on this. No, sure, but go for it. On Shudder, you have a Christmas horror story, which is an anthology for Christmas horror okay. that I actually like quite much. Shudder also has Better Watch Out, a nice little... Did you see that? It came out last year, right? Yes. Yeah. Or, or two years ago about that. Yeah, yeah. So Shudder also picked that up. Know nothing going into it. Just know it's a babysitter in peril kind of thing. And okay. It has fun with it. The Children, I believe, is on Amazon Prime, and it's the nastiest uh, child-based horror film I've ever seen. Where the children turn infected on Christmas and lash out against the adults. <laughs> and it gets quite nasty. Oh, my God. And the last one I'll say is I'm going to give I Trap the Devil, which came out this year, okay. a bump. Uh, it's on Hulu and I believe Amazon Prime. Definitely on Hulu, though. And it's a really twisted little Twilight Zone thing where a guy thinks he traps the devil in his basement. And his relatives come over. And it's a quite contentious situation, let's say. <laughs> okay, cool. That's uh, Seriously, those are really good. I yeah. actually... Walk away. Gonna shows over on Christmas Day and <laughs> just do a nice little marathon. So, yeah, yeah. Start with Some, in, start light. Start yeah. with inside. Start, obviously, start light, obviously. Inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. and then rank up from there. Uh, people in the chat talking about this. Uh, I love McConaughey's uh, Talk Turkey. Uh, Vienna Schnitzel. I have no idea what that is, uh, but all right, all right, all right. As uh, Zafira saying, wow, that movie poster. Lol. Uh, Sky Patterson. Uh, I love the original Black Christmas and New Year's Evil, uh, which also gets a lot of uh, lots of nods around this time of year. Uh, so much awesome and total guilty pleasure uh, movies there uh, Scandal saying uh, who's excited for the Mortal Kombat film I, I mean, why not? Anyway, I mean, sure. Why not? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, the first awards season groups and guilds announcements came sure. through this week as well. Uh, Scott, I want you to take the lead on this. Um, how much weight should we give these, and what are kind of the top lines that we need to know about right now? I mean, this weekend is going to be a big uh, indicator. Okay. Um, you're going to have Critics' Choice, and you're also going to have the uh, L.A. Film Critics. Yeah. Uh, they're going to come out. We are, we had ours, uh, the Hollywood Critics Association, come out uh, right before Thanksgiving. We had the Independent Spirits come out around yep. the same time. And the big one that came out this week that I think a lot of people have been talking about is the New York Film Critics Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the I, I you know I'm not going to throw our organization into that, but I think these are starting to be the big the big guns who've been around for a long time. Sure, and I think they're kind of showing how all over the place award season is right now. You're seeing some surprises. I know that um, they were shocked when uh, Lapita won New York Film Critics Circle. Yeah, for us. No, no one was expecting that at all. I was very surprised with that. Yeah. So, oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, there's also this interesting thing where I, I, I thought that 1917 was going to dominate most mm-hmm. of these critic groups so far. Has not been the case yet. 
Richard Jewell, though, and Paul Walter Hauser has been getting almost a nomination at every single thing. You see, for me, I, when I saw that movie a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I said it was my Dark Horse nomination. But I genuinely believe that Paul is coming through as a, as a, a, a very strong contender yeah. for it's, Best it's, Actor. It's, 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 it's fascinating. Um, but in terms of like Best Picture, I think it's, it's, it's really kind of crazy because it's all over the place still. Mm. I don't think there's... You know, Netflix, I think, is, is kind of getting a little cocky because, you know, they're getting, like, with the Irishman and they're seeing it being nominated. But I think when you go in, there's so many critic groups now, yeah. just in general. Yeah. I mean, in the next, like, month, you're going to see, if you're on Twitter, on Film Twitter, there is at least 50 different nomination groups that you're going to see. Yeah. And I, I just have a feeling they're going to be all over the place. Some of the younger ones might lean a little bit more towards some of the Netflix titles. Yep. Um, but I think some of the more established ones, you're going to see a lot more towards uh, more commercial and, and classic type films like Parasite and 1917. Um, and then probably Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I can't believe the Irishman personally. When I saw that that one best picture for New York, I was just like, I was very surprised. Interesting. That's what spiked my in- and also you know going into this whole award season push as you're saying with so many different uh, different guilds voting. We were talking about this on movie talk yesterday on Collider, and it's like, is the I- the Irishman now gaining momentum to really be the best picture at the end of all this? I don't know. Which is which is fascinating to me because I think we I, have you seen it? Yes, yes. I okay, have. Yep. so I think we all collectively enjoy. The Irishman. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Yeah. But there, and, and that's the, the interesting thing is that most people who I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of people within the industry, is that everyone has say it's fine, it's really good, I appreciate the craft, but no one I've talked to has ever come out and said, that is my movie. That is my best movie. So, like, yeah. I'm a little, sh- you know, taken back yeah. by the fact that it got in. But it, we should also be talking about Netflix and. Uh, Lisa Tabak and the marketing strategy of what they're doing with award season. Mm-hmm. They are the only studio that I know of who has been, let's say, flying critic groups out to their premieres here in Los Angeles, yeah. doing major events. Yeah. Then when you have like award screeners, you know, you're getting like a typical typical ones like about this big. It's like a DVD size, but a very thin DVD. Uh, Netflix knows how to make a statement. So they send you a big book, you get the book, and then you get like two or three other packages with it, and then everything kind of stands out. So when you put that on a coffee table and a pile on the floor, you look at that and you're like, okay, what do I got to watch? And and you look at it and you see it. So I think there's a lot to be said about the way they're doing things. Are they spending more money than any other studio on marketing? 100%. 100%. But it'll be interesting to see now that they have this wide scope of material this year, most of which I'm on board with. I think think they really, really, they got some great stuff. I'm wondering how the other studios are going to play and... I'm kind of worried about the smaller studios because, especially the smaller studios now. Yeah. Because you're going to have those big. They can't compete with money. Like well, a like, focus, a focus can't compete with money. A neon can't compete. I mean, neon's blessed this year because they had Parasite, which has had tremendous word of mouth, and I think the movie sells itself. Yeah. But some of these other movies need those kind of like subtle reminders. They need the slips, like the Rocket Man's. Need the yes. reminders. 
And Rocketman came out of the gates very early. <clears throat> I mean, they were yeah. doing a lot of events, like, you know, sort of two months ago. And, and I also think... released a little earlier, too. Yeah, like, it released in the, the wrong time to, like, be forgotten in this area. But, and I, yeah. I, I think there's a lot that are... That, that, I think they're kind of knee-jerk. They see what Netflix is doing. And I'm getting a lot of studios certainly coming to me, you know, this award season, wanting to go, hey, have you seen this? Who really weren't pushing their movies. I mean, it, it, it's interesting to me to see uh, how much I'm getting for movies like Joker. There, there barely goes a weekend at the moment without some kind of Joker event. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, whether it's, you know, sound, vision, or anything else. And I'm just like, I think they were quite confident about Joker really becoming one of the ones that was going to really be an overarcher. And I think now they're not quite so sure with people seeing, like, Irishman, which, again, I thought it was fine. Joker's uh, better than Irishman. Yeah, Joker is better than Irishman, and, and Two Popes is better than Joker. I mean, completely. Well, just keep two popes in there. Yeah. Just, just yeah, keep getting two popes in there. But it, it, seriously, it's. I mean, that to me is, is a is a completely different movie, obviously, but is a better movie to me than than say Irishman or, yeah. or, or Joker. And it, it's really it's really interesting that I think a lot of studios are seeing what Netflix are doing. Which three years ago they would have gone like Netflix, and they're going like, okay, we need to raise our game. I mean, again, but they, can, but they can't. No, but that's yeah. a, that's the problem is that the studio systems have been set up for so long mm. and they have they're tied into a budget. Yeah. And because Netflix is new to this, they make up their own rules. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's part of the problem with people have in the industry with them is that I'm not on Dimitri's level where I'm like, ah, Netflix. But yeah. like me, I'm just kind of like they're playing the game, I think, a little unfairly because, like, I think there should have been, like, a set, like, okay, you have this set budget and this is what you could do. They're they're kind of, like, breaking the rule. Like, they're not breaking the rules. They're setting their own rules. Yeah. Which is, like, kudos to them for having the balls to do that. And is that because they learned from Roma last year with the massive no, spend No, it's because they know Lisa Tayback. Right. Lisa Tayback is a master at awards. Right. She's a, she's a master. She's like, you can look her up. She's like, she's so good at this. She knows how to play it. She's mm. been it. She, I mean, she worked with Weinstein. She knows. But also, she where knows. are they getting this money from? Because that, that, this is they what always borrow. baffles me. They keep me. borrowing I can't money. Believe, yeah, they I can't believe what they're doing. Money. Where like One day that bubble's going to pop. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Netflix, I'm nervous about them too because I love them. But they're like, stop spending all this money. They've got two years in my mind Believe- before something catastrophic yeah. happens. If if things do not change. Because not only are they spending all this money on awards consideration, when you're a streaming service, we all know where your movies are. You could literally just send us links as like the uh, consideration stuff. Sure. But yeah, they're going out of their way to make this eye Because they want that. They want that. Yeah. They want to be viewed, because they're such a disruptor in the industry, they want to be viewed as like, not only are we good at what we do streaming-wise, yeah. but we can outshine the studios that you know and love. And we can win those big, <laughs> but, big golden a, trophies. And there's a funny thing here. No one yet has mentioned Uncut Gems. And you're talking about little films that are you know, like that movie. Smaller. Okay. Well, all right. I liked it a lot. But they're not doing that big a push for anything. And no, kind of, and like, they're not a, doing a, it for waves. Waves right, exactly. either. A24 is just staying in the background. And just like you're saying, they can't compete with a Netflix. So they're just kind of like, well, I hope critics like our movies that we show them in the screenings. And that's about it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they they were so late out of the gate with this the screeners. Too. Yeah. I yep. remember, like, I asked them to send our members uh, waves. And they didn't even have the screener ready. And I was kind of like, oh, my God, like, you're coming up. And literally a couple of days after we voted, it showed up. Yeah. And I'm like, and along with Uncut Gems. And 
Yeah, I think they're... But A24 is like this... It should be studied and analyzed. Because yeah. A24, we, there's a run-on joke that me and my friends have that it's like, he's the guy who comes in the room and you just love him. <laughs> A24 is here. This hey. man's the best. A24. He can do no wrong. But like, You know who you sound like when you do that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it too. Yeah. Now that you said that, you I heard, heard it too. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, it's really interesting to see there. There, there is a confidence that A twenty four has for an independent studio that I feel like uh, a company like a Bleecker Street does not have, or an Amazon either. Yeah, like true. I don't think there, there's a, there's a uh, strong confidence there. But A twenty four kind of knows their audience, yeah, and they know they do they do a hell of a, a digital push. That's true. That's a, fair, that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Very quickly, before I go back to the chat, I want to ask you, does any of the shit that you guys get sent around awards season make any difference to your voting for a movie? Because that's I'll be honest with you, that's a great I, I have been sent so much, st- and it's not bragging, but I've been sent so much stuff. There were literally... I, I look like I'm moving apartments because there are so many boxes in my apartment right now. Uh, and none of it affects how I feel about a movie. For... I've had everything from like denim shirts with badges on for my name is Dolomite and Dolomite is my name and I've got fucking countless Irishman books and I've had wine and I've had all this other stuff and I'm like none of this shit actually affects how I feel about your movie or how I'm going to vote for it our Thanksgiving uh, or Friendsgiving we did we had Irishman wine we had Midsummer <laughs> Vodka yeah. we yeah. had uh, the coffee I forget what brand that was but yeah it's all uh, Ford versus Ferrari yeah yeah the Ford yeah. versus Ferrari coffee yeah but no, none of it matters. I mean, yeah, it's all swag and it's stuff. I think that's more for us to post on social media because, okay, if we get this for your consideration screener, yeah. mm. cool. I have a DVD now and I'm, I'm not posting that. Like, I'm just going to throw that in a pile and that's fine. Okay, and now I have Irishman wine and that, there's a funny picture of me online now drinking Irishman wine and stuff like that. I think that's more for us to sell the movie, even though that's not our job as critics. Yeah. I, I'm 100% yeah. in, that, in that camp. But – it's an opportunity. Mm. And I think that's more for us to share on social media and to share it with the world versus, you know, it's not it's not a bribe. You know, like, that's not, here's a bottle of wine, give our movie more. I mean, maybe some people do think like that. I personally don't. Thank you for your wine. Your movie's still fine. Yeah. yeah. but I The do, wine was great, though. But, yeah, great wine, yeah. okay movie. Yeah. But I do think when you were talking about this, the thing that Netflix has been doing this year with taking people and flying them out, yeah. That I think yeah, has a that, di- was... that I think has a different vibe and a different kind of impact on you yeah. because you're looking at a studio and you're kind of saying to them, "Boy, and and we know this. We talked about this a lot. You and I, you and I, Simon, are mm-hmm. 100% on agreement. Some of these people don't have a pot to piss in. No, they absolutely. Don't. They have no. they have no money there. So their opportunity to come out to Los Angeles for a day or go to New York or go get somewhere put else. Get up for three or four days yeah. in a yeah. fancy hotel in Beverly yeah. Hills. Get and... to interact, go to a party, get to hang out with the stars. And get and get more access than some journalists yes. who actually have an audience. So, so, so essentially seeing them do that, yeah. that to me gives people enough of a reason to... Sw- to sway their votes, yeah, because you you ultimately you like I would not have had this experience. It's it's kind of how I feel about junkets in general. Yeah, like it's different when I'm in LA and I go to a junket here. Like I'm not gonna like Twenty One Bridges because I went to the Four Seasons, but if 
you know, I'm not saying that I would do this anyhow, but I think a lot of people have this mindset. Like, mm. they go to an event or they will stay silent about it. If, like, okay, I got flown to London to go see this movie and I got to do this. And I got to, like, Jumanji, for example. We got to go to Cabo and then we got to go bungee jumping and then jump out of a plane. It's kind of like, oh, my God, these are life experiences that, like, yeah. are unforgettable. Yeah. And that you're going to associate it with that studio and that movie. Yeah. So I just, I think a lot of people, I, and I've been watching some of the reactions from the Netflix things, like, people are like, this is an evening I wouldn't forget, like, this is a big change for me. And I'll be honest with you, I've, I've actually had contact with some of the journalists who've experienced stuff like that, and they don't like the movies. But I they're mean, very vocal positively about it online, because they got to fucking fly around the world. I mean, I, I'll take it. Like, hey, Netflix, you want to? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> what, and also, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, if exactly. You get, if you literally have no money and you can't put a roof over your head and someone says, I'll fly you to Hawaii to go and hang out with The Rock for three days and do all these amazing things, why wouldn't you say yes to that? Oh, of course. Yeah. But, but also, I mean... Yeah, there you go. Uh, Sky Patterson saying, uh, Simon, uh, I, I think that in my opinion, Waves, Queen and Slim, uh, which nobody is talking about, uh, Joker, 1917, Ford versus Ferrari, and Marriage Story should be nominated for Best Picture, uh, but that's not going to happen. I didn't, um, I didn't like Queen and Slim. <coughs> it was okay. I, I yeah. thought it was fine. No, I just, um, like, things that was I sloppy, liked about right? it, but not a huge amount. Uh, but let's talk about Marriage Story, because obviously that hits theatres uh, this weekend before arriving on Netflix. No, it actually no. plays in Netflix today. Yeah, it's been out for a couple weeks now. Uh, They opened up the Pearl Theater in New York again, which was a again another thing that Netflix is doing is that they've been finding money, money, (laughs) these historical landmarks and and, and iconic theater chains, and like they're 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 doing their own thing with it. And I mean that Pearl thing was huge news because that is like uh, from someone who's who's from the East Coast and used to go to New York all the time. Yeah, that theater is so historic. And there's been so much talk about thank them for like reopening it and making yeah. it a thing. And I'll again. tell you what, if Netflix want to do the same thing, I mean, I know they're obviously they're, they're buying the, uh, the, the the Egyptian in in Hollywood, but if they want to do that with some of the beautiful movie theaters in downtown LA, oh yeah, just just beautiful picture houses, mm-hmm. then I'm I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about uh, Marriage Story because to me, I mean, that, it was a movie that I didn't have a huge amount of interest in, but it's getting a lot of um, awards nod. And having seen it, it, it was a movie that genuinely blew me away. Um, a lot of people are talking about Scarlett Johansson and they're talking about Adam Driver's performances. But for me, it, it's really Laura Dern in that movie that, hmm. that stands out for me because she is so the opposite to Laura Dern in anything she's done before and also knowing Laura Laura as a person I mean she's a fucking asshole in yeah, this movie yeah. she's Let, also you know, getting supporting nods for yeah, it, right? yeah which okay, is, which okay, is yeah. very very well deserved um, so Marriage Story first of all Matt your thoughts on this it's good. It's a it's a very good movie. I mm. I was not expected. I didn't expect to laugh that much. Okay. Um, it was funnier than I perceived. I, I knew the story going into it. I knew obviously, it, marriage story is the title for a reason. <laughs> sure. And I was readying myself for you know quite the dramatic turn for family life dysfunction, things of this nature, and just how life turns out sometimes. And you try so hard, and no matter what, it's sure. just the way the cards fall. But I was laughing a lot, and I don't know what that says about me, what that says about the film, but 
that took me by surprise. I'm gonna be honest, and it, it was good. I, I don't know if I loved it as much as other people. Um, I think it's kind of we odd at times the way they pit um, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson against each other, and like yep. who is winning almost. Like it's a com- and a few of those story uh, scripted nods. I, I think took me by surprise, and I didn't love, but still a very effective film. Scott, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, this is a movie that I, I haven't actually stopped thinking about since I saw it at Telluride. Really? Yeah. I, I wow. Th- I think it's, as as someone who uh, moved across country to come here, uh, as someone who is married, um, there is just such a level of authenticity to this movie mm. in, in certain moments where you just you just can't help but connect with it. And because of that, and I think that's what's m- most of the films that I fall in love with are, are stories or about something that I feel some sort of personal connection with. Sure. It, it's very rare uh, for me to fall in love with a movie where I just have a complete disconnect with it. Yeah. Um, and I just think that there's there's the scenes like you were talking about with Laura Dern, and it just it, it talks to the bigger bigger picture about when more and more people become involved. In your lives, when you when you open your 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 heart and your 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 voice up to other people, yeah, how much that can be damaging to your relationships because everyone has something to say about it, even though no one really knows at the end of the day what you two are going through. You yeah. get yeah. you're getting a one sided view of what this person's telling you, and everyone thinks they know best. And that's what I thought was so fantastic about this movie is that the more and more people that got involved, the more and more complicated their situation became. Yeah. And I, I think when you look at screenwriting and when you look at performances, it, it's it's really a strong uh, ensemble piece where, like, there there's not a weak link in the movie yeah. where I think, you know, Alan Alda yeah. versus Ray, Ray, Ray Liotta, the, the <clears throat> lawyers couldn't be two different, wildly different characters, but you understand both of their perspectives and you understand why their motivations are. And then you have Laura Dern, who, again, is, is Laura Dern being, like, amazing. But I just, this to me is top three of the year. But okay. also for me, certainly as you know, as great as a movie it is, it, it felt like one of the movies, and there are only a handful of films this year that have felt this way for me. It felt like it was very natural. It was very organic. I didn't feel like it was people performing roles in a movie. It felt like you were... It was a window on someone's life. And I think that that is really where great performances for me transcend being great performances and it's an embodiment of a reality. And I think there are a handful of movies. I mean for me Irishman didn't succeed with that whereas Rocketman did. And when I spoke to Taron about his performance, it's the fact that he wasn't playing Elton John. He became Elton John and it's it's that natural element that organic sort of synergy that for me I think definitely elevates marriage story. It does feel like a window on lives not like you're watching a movie um, which which I think for me I mean it's it's a great movie although people said you know take tissues with you and I didn't need to masturbate once. Uh, okay, so uh, Married Story is on Netflix wow. this week. I had to end it. That's wow. what we're ending it on. I wow. had to end it on a wow. gag. 
Uh, wow. So, Matt, I'm very glad that you joined the show. I'm thinking you <laughs> might have... Uh, I, I don't know if I am anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, Matt, so uh, for people that don't know who you are and where we can find you, uh, please tell me who you are and where we can find your work. Matt Donato, at Donatobomb, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and anywhere on the internet that posts writing about movies. Emma Thrower really should have warned you about this. I know, she I'm really did. I'm always going to get a knob gag in there. Uh, Scott Menzel. Sure, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Go to over to We Live Entertainment. I'll be posting a bunch of stuff this weekend. And my name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find this show at Meet Movie Press on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much. We'll be back next Friday. Uh, there are so many movies that you can catch up on now in theaters that are worth your time before we have the Jumanji and Star Wars wave that are coming in in the next two weeks. So whatever you want to check out, check it out in theaters now because that shit ain't going to be there in like 14 days time. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, a belated happy Thanksgiving. Producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.